Ladies and gentlemen, it is our week today, number 29. We're coming at you live from the bunker. It is October 21st. If you want to timestamp it, I guess we started doing that last time when we were at an hourglass. Shout out to them. Uh, it's about two weeks before the election in 2020. If somebody picks this up in the future and we're all dead, this is the last, the last bastion of life that we could find. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. It's always good to see you. Uh, episode 29. Holy shit. 29. Holy shit. 30 is right around the corner. 30 is right around the corner. That means 50 is not too far away. The big 5-0. Yo. From a helicopter. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm really excited because we've got some new listeners from out in the sticks in Oregon. Not too far, but a couple miles outside of Portland. It's on the other side of the country. Huge shout out to Lake Oswego. Those are the, the first people that we saw pop up on our screen. Hopefully you guys aren't experiencing anything too crazy because we know that Portland's one of those hot spots for riots and stuff. So um, it's a, it's a beautiful area. So don't burn it down. And I think natural fires too were an issue somewhere in that area. Yeah. But beautiful sunsets came out of that in Oregon and Washington state, even though California is burning to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, those in the Pacific Northwest could just look and say, ah, it's so nice and sip their Pinot Noir, you know, from outside, outside the city and just, just, oh, just shake it around. So nice. Cool. Shout out to our new listeners. That's Absolutely. We... Thanks for joining guys. Welcome to the team. Yeah. Uh, speaking of roses, because it's the Rose City in the Beaver State. I, I just realized that the Beaver State uh, and other things like that and hearts and things like that. Um, our little podcast is now on iHeartRadio. So we're, we're, we're in the big leagues now, my friend, not saying that's going to do too much for the listenership or anything like that. But if you have friends who are particular to the IR radio app or the, uh, the format, then and you don't want to pick anything else up. You just want to kind of use what you're using. Uh, IR radio is now carrying us or we're carrying it either way you want to look at it. There you go. So. And that was all Trevor. So I really appreciate you setting no, that up. No, no, no. I think we, uh, togetherness, we went and said we were going to do something about South by Southwest last year. And that is what gave us uh, access to a few different folks who said, this is how you want to kind of grow your podcast and set things up. And this is advice if you want from a novice. Uh, if any of you listeners are thinking about starting your own, then go out and like apply to be uh, press or uh, someone who has something to contribute to one of these big festivals because uh, it's something that is free as long as you're willing to write a couple emails, make some friends, do, make some phone calls, um, and they'll t basically tell you how to get a couple ins on what you can do for little to no money or little to no bandwidth. So think about it. Um, and we actually did some movie reviews for the South by Southwest group um, last year. Uh, there were two or three different distributors that had some movies that we uh, got to screen in advance of their actual release. A couple of them, uh, Drunk Bus was one of them, and uh, Teenage Badass. So we, we watched those movies and we did reviews on them for South by Southwest just to get our name out there and just to see who we could meet and what we can get out of it. So um, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But um, yeah, if you yeah, if you want any advice or anything like that uh, on that kind of process, leave us a voice message on Anchor and we'll get back to you or, or hit us up on, um, on Twitter or any of the other formats that we carry. There we go. How about you, dude? What's been going on with you? Uh, it's been a pretty hectic week. Um, just finishing up some projects. Um, 
starting to look into the work world again and sending some quotes and some resumes. So it's just been every day. It's like I, I get motivated to get up and uh, just push through. I hate this phase of of um, of, of life because I prefer when you just have to work and just grind. This is like looking for a grind. Uh-huh. Um, but it's been it's been it's been just a long first two days of the week. The last the last time we talked, you had some some great information about uh, a new car dealership that you were working with. Uh, it was a friend. It is a friend that you're doing some uh, some groundwork for. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Maybe plug him a yeah, little. Yeah, shout out to uh, Pegasus Auto Exchange in Orlando, Florida. Um, smart business idea. It's just someone that um, likes good karma and loves the car industry, and he kind of com- he needed a business plan that would uh, fall into fall into those two categories where a business that sometimes is shady, not all the time, but has that kind of reputation to it. Um, His strategy is to basically find cars that are either in great condition um, or need some loving, but have a clean record, no accidents. Right. Right. Um, Minimal. He'll take a fender bender where you can prove that it's a fender bender, which on Carfax you can um and he and he puts in all the work it's kind of like flipping a house um yeah but it's flipping the car basically and, and some people there's, there's less that you can count on being wrong like i know when we bought our just because you brought it up when we bought our house i was looking at the uh kind of the sale history and other things that happened with it yeah they flipped it for about twice as much as they bought it for so oh, wow. you're looking at stuff like the kitchen you're like okay you know you could do that pretty easily. The floors, you could do that pretty easily without a major crew. Yeah, they made a ton of money off of us. So yeah. oh, be... <laughs> that's that's the move, man. And I love um shout out to I think it's Amazon that has it. One season of I don't know if it's house flippers, mm-hmm. but it's a show based out of South Florida okay. where they buy the houses blind meaning that the bank only gives you the address and you can only look at the house from the oh outside my God. dude awesome. it is fucking awesome and it's and then you see the different styles like the people that make the most money are the ones that don't spend the most on the rehab okay okay do you know what I mean? is it is it a competition is there a way for different teams to like say at the end of six months we're gonna have this much uh extra that we didn't spend on the revamp because that since there's a lot of the same players it's definitely a competition feeling that you get between them uh they like the one that ends up getting the house and selling at the end he fucking buys them all drinks it was cool is i I got to see a lot of play like one of my favorite coffee places of all time is called warsaw coffee warsaw coffee yeah it's fucking awesome and they have good beer too um and they were there so it was really cool just to see you know some of where i lived for a few years uh but just the concept of seeing these people's different styles like um mm-hmm. you have a couple where the woman really has expensive taste meaning yeah. that her remodeling she's going to get the best of the best for the remodel and it's riskier because you're spending more but in 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 all the flips they all made money and you know True. it can range from 40 grand to making almost 200 grand just mm-hmm. depending on the cost of the property the location uh, and how much, of course, they put into it, making sure there's not too many crazy surprises. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's what, to, to just um, back onto what we were talking about with the cars, that's kind of how my friend does it. Mm-hmm. It's like, he does, un- unlike them, that they don't get to see the inside, he does. So he 
a lot of dealerships will fix up cars minimally, or sometimes they'll fix up one that's been in accidents um, and things like that. He goes for clean cars, gives them the tweaking that it needs that you would normally have to put into right. it if you bought it, and sells it at a fair price where most of his buyers, I would say, are wholesale buyers like Carvana okay. and other places. Uh, because of the way he's flipping it, it gives him enough margin that he puts it up in the wholesale market and yeah. also private, and the wholesale ones have been selling a lot more recently. Can you give a, a quick general area as to where this dealership is found? Just if people were out looking for it. and So it's called, once again, Pegasus Auto Exchange, um, and it is off of, you, you go... Is it uh, Colonial? It's near Cimarron and off mm -hmm. Colonial. Exactly. Okay. So it's around that intersection, off Colonial, right off of it, um, less than like a block away. Small little dealership next to like um, a mechanical place and actually a towing place, which when I was helping them, a lot of fucking young people that you could tell are hungover, uh -huh. which love looking for their car. We always have to tell them that it's next door. Found it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I found it for you. Like, car. By the way, <laughs> would you like to sell that to us or would you like to buy something from our lot? Uh, just a question. Just a question. We do have a, 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 a white automatic M3 out here. <laughs> Actually, they're not as pissed off as I've seen people or I've been trying to get my car. They almost seem like ashamed. It's like a walk of shame in the morning. Because you can tell that they've been partying and their car's been towed. And they're just fucking, they, they're at a car dealership, number one, not even at the right place. <laughs> oh, my God. One one time, and this is after, uh, like right after college, I had moved in with Nicole in an apartment uh, in a place where uh, she was actually the property management like accountant for the complex. And so uh, the tag on my car had just expired and it got towed out of that complex. And so I was like running all over the complex trying to figure out how I was going to get the car back. <laughs> That was a walk of shame, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, where do you guys tow to? And the office was closed. I wait until like uh, 6.30 in the morning to figure out where I could go to get the car back. And I was due at work at like 7.30. So uh, that was fun. <laughs> it is a walk of shame, let me tell you. It is, man. I've been, I've, I've, been, I've been a victim of that shit twice. Once it wasn't even my car, but the fury, the, the fury that I had in me, mm -hmm. I was like, if I don't care... I will remember this place when I'm 50 and if I have the power to, I'll blow it up, buy it, burn it down. So <laughs> I will buy it and then tear it to the ground. <laughs> and then tear it to the ground, burn everybody in it. Like I was fucking heated. And this was like, this must've been in like the early 2000s, probably like 2003, mm -hmm. 2004, yeah. five, like going to Daytona spring break. And um, I just remember like it was a scam. It wasn't like we fucked up. It was more like we got scammed and now the car's gone. Now you have to pay a fucking bunch of money to get it right. out. Especially and and they're taking party. advantage of kids, you know. Exactly. With not a lot of money. So they're just, you know, trying to figure oh, out how they're yeah. going to do what they got to do because they need the car to get where they're going. And it's just, it's a scam business all around. And, and then during, um, I went back to the first place I ever lived in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. They were having a UFC party. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna park down here. No one fucking I fucked up. That was my fault because I parked where I shouldn't have parked and I like, the fight. <laughs> now here comes shit. the truth. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. That was a cool ass complex. Shout out to the Alexa Solmar, which uh had a 
two or three story game room, multiple oh, wow. TVs, pool tables, mm-hmm. um, video game center, fucking oh, air hockey table, the the one with the fucking sand where you push it down. I forget what that's called. Shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. But yeah, that's a that's an old person's game. Right, that one you that. push with like a stick with your yeah, hand. Yeah, with the, that's shuffleboard. Oh, that's still not like bocce ball. That's like a hipster slash old person's game. Yeah, I was. And long story short, fucking got all excited about the fights, and then walk of shame to the fucking. I had to walk to yeah. the total place. That number of miles. Far away. Yeah. At least yeah. it was on the beach. At least it, you know, I'm guessing the weather was okay. Well, that one was downtown Fort Lauderdale. That was the first place I moved to. Mm-hmm. And then I was revisiting. I'm like, oh shit, this is where the party's at. I used to live here. Wow. Like, all comfortable parking where I parked. I nope. <laughs> that was a big mistake. <laughs> That's you, know, you, don't, you don't bring a boot around with you just to like boot your own car just so people don't take it? That's funny. You've yeah. never seen that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring a boot funny. next time. I've seen, just uh, uh, <laughs> I've seen someone like drive with some sort of boot shit on their car. Mm-hmm. I've seen people knock it off. Yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen that real time in Orlando. I've seen somebody with like a sledgehammer and a like a crowbar. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) I've had to do that. I've never had the boot. Well, best of luck uh, in your new uh, business adventure or ventures, and uh, best of luck to your your boy. Uh, His name's Mo, right, Mohan? Mo. Mo. Shout out to Mo. Pegasus. Pegasus. Auto Exchange. Maybe we can have him as a guest uh, in the future. I would like that. Yeah, I think yeah. he would do it. Um, yeah, he's a cool, cool, young, like the American dream type of immigrant. Like mm-hmm. where he's fucking, he's doing it right, man. And uh, I always respect the hard work and right. And at least um, this bit, I worked with him. If you guys don't remember from last episode, um, for a few months, I was like basically in a startup for this the crazy Russian, um, which I, I actually enjoyed the work. It was just a crazy atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and Mo, Mo was like the office manager and like he handled a whole bunch of shit more than just an office manager. It's not even enough. It sounds like uh, a good mentor. It sounds like somebody you could learn a lot from and, you know, someone who's gracious enough to, to say, all right, I'm going to show you how this business is run. And if you want to kind of grow into it, then you have that option. It's not, there's no risk in learning from me because I'm only going to show you the right things to do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he joined the team because of his experience, I guess has always been with cars and car, Mm -hmm. car dealerships and lots and things like that. Right. Um, And then him and I had to work together a lot, like to fucking fulfill whatever our duties were from our crazy boss. Um, But him and I agreed on a lot of things and we always thought, things could be done better. And uh, when COVID hit, it almost stopped him from pursuing his next step, which we both had left that company and uh, him and his business partner were planning on doing, opening up a dealership. Right. Um, COVID hit them hard. And um, luckily they had enough to survive. And yeah, now he's almost sold out of cars. Like he actually made the comment that he's not buying cars right now. He kind of, kind of wants to see what happens with the election. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like really political, but it's mostly of like consumer habits are going to come out of that. What consumer habits are going to come out of that? That's what he wants to know, whether this person or that person wins, how is the auctions going to react? 
Yeah. Not yeah. so much like the consumer that's buying the cars. People will always need cars, but cars right now are expensive, just like houses are, in my opinion. They're a little bit overpriced. Well, used cars are actually going up in sale price, not necessarily Correct. value. But so are houses. Fewer people are buying used or new cars because uh, obviously there are fewer being built because of COVID. So you could do what I did and find you know, pretty much exactly what you want for a few years older. And as long as it's in great shape and it's not that used, you can save a ton of money. I think I paid like half of the note of the initial, um, the initial MSRP for my car. So, I mean, you could do that. It's a, there's, uh, you just have to look at the person and say, is this, you know, what's most important to this person? And are they willing to accept something that looks new or is close to new versus something that you just have to drive it off the lot? I, I, I love the feeling of a new car, but at the same time, you know. I don't. I prefer <laughs> a used car. Like, I know a new car, I know, I already feel like, okay, you're you're not going to be worth this much as soon as it's sold. Yeah. And Depending on the, car, on the car, yeah. The used car has the same maintenance. Like, it's already had issues taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like, a new one, you don't have to bring it in, right? Like, same thing with the used one. But what I'm trying to say is that you can get the same experience at a and not pay as much uh, with a used car. In my I opinion. think the key is to yeah, just understand what it is that you want out of the relationship. Because you, when you do look for a new car, you're starting a relationship. You're like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I can't live without. You know, and how long are we going to keep this up between you and me? Because it's, 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 it's a thing. Unless you buy something that's a classic or something that uh, you know, you're buying for resale value, you're going to get rid of this car. It's not a part of your family. You know, so you've got to think about it in terms of how long do I want this to go on? And if you're comfortable with that and it has what you want and it's the right price, then go for it. Um, but in the case of, you know, like you said, if it's something brand new and you're like, okay, this is exactly what I want. I'm not going to keep it for 20 years. I might keep it for five. Is it worth the cost of not getting something that's six months old? Because there are people who trade cars in after six months or a year and that's you great. can get the benefits from that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I mentioned South by Southwest earlier and I'm not trying to segue without segueing, but um, we are going to go ahead and start, you know, plugging and getting into what's going on online next year. They haven't actually canceled the physical festival next year, but I've gotten some emails saying that they're going to be doing a lot of online component stuff. So if we want to, maybe get in on that and maybe be contributors, then we have the option to do that. And so I'm going to work some angles and see if we can get uh, maybe, maybe a few of our podcasts on the South by download channel, I guess you could say. That would be awesome. Um, Have you watched any good films or series since the last time we spoke? Um, I finished the boys. The boys. Hey. It's fucking on. Hey. 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 Uh, the boys was pretty fucking sweet. Um, I saw a documentary about, I think it's called Sour Grapes. And it's about um, bootleg wine. Bootleg wine. High, high, end wine. wine. high end wine counterfeits. Oh, shit. It was pretty cool. Sounds and like already, a fun. Can you talk already, about it a little bit? Can you tell I already us knew a little bit about it because uh, CNBC once had a special when this guy was arrested. But the documentary really went into it well. Um, and it's all because you don't, you fucked up the wrong billionaire. 
Yeah. And the yeah. one billionaire was uh, one of the Koch brothers here in yeah. Florida. <laughs> and uh, they kind of like when he want he he bought over like four his wine collection. First of all, it's fucking ridiculous. Like in his house is there's not I've never seen anything like it mm-hmm. in ever anything, right? And it's then, rums and rums. It's it's a it's a it's a seat like he has to type in some shit into the wall like a hidden thing and it opens a fucking rock cavern looking <laughs> fucking thing it's pretty it's pretty intense and he goes down um, and and, and, he, and he just walks to look yeah, yeah did, did he actually drink any wine in the course of the the film that he was on um the first time i saw anything about this i want to say he might have and it involved him more than anybody right this film he was a part of it, but he wasn't the main feature. Yeah. Um, but no, there was a lot of wine drinking that mm-hmm. that they did show and they did represent. I learned a lot about whether Bordeaux is. Um, and anyway, back to the Koch brother. <laughs> One st- so just to show you how a fucking you fuck with the wrong person, like especially if they have unlimited resources. Right. You're fucked. Yeah, that's true. That's the dumb got, thing to do is mess with had, rich people his, with a lot of resources. <laughs> yeah, like every rich person, like even like the Weinsteins and these bad rich people, they have like teams, right? Mm-hmm. And like some of these teams are gangster. It could be like mm. uh, Israel intelligence. It could be fucking former yeah. Green Berets, Navy SEALs. And they may this, not even know that those people are on those payrolls. You They're have just, no idea. You have just no acquaintances. Idea. Hey, I, I I hear you're in the intelligence business. Can you look into this for me? And the exactly. guy's like, yeah, sure. Just make sure it's in the account. Don't disappoint. <laughs> what's, what's crazy too is that they say that there's still probably about 10,000 of his bottles out there mm-hmm. that they think either A, the people must know that they bought a counterfeit, but they're either embarrassed or just don't care. Okay. Because like, at the end you see like all these wines being destroyed it was the whole story is clever and i'm definitely going to recommend it so i'm not going to spoil her but i'm going to start you off on like why it's so gangster and it has to do with like this young asian dude right this young asian dude just starts showing up at these auctions and starts buying fucking wine spending money just, just buying a bunch spending of money right? he his stories he makes friends with fucking hollywood producers he's a fucking he seems like a really nice guy actually he's not like an asshole he's not he's not too weird just a fucking Not too weird. A, a an weird. Asian that knows a lot about wines. Well, I'm telling you, I mean, China's the biggest market in the world for French wine right now. So <laughs> yeah. makes it doesn't yeah, make, it, it doesn't not make sense. <laughs> it's it's interesting when they finally start digging into them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Koch brother at an auction, he bought he 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 buys a lot of wines and he he stopped buying wines, I think he said though, because of shit like this. He spent, he bought like over 400 bottles and I think it was over like 10 million. Wow. Something like that. That's and a lot. Okay. It is, but these are just the bootleg. This isn't even part of like his 25,000 bottle collection in this right. fucking dungeon thing. Um, so he basically goes to the auction house and he's like, yo, I got them from you. Like fix this. And they're basically like, sorry, bro. Like nope. you, um, it's an auction. You bought it. You, you bought it. It's yours. yours. Yeah, and he's like, "What? That that right there pissed off a billionaire to like where he sees red, and now there's no amount of money he's not going to spend to get you." 
Right. So then he that's just a toy. That's just a hobby. It's just something yeah. he's looking into when he's not doing what he usually does. Right. Correct. This is like, one of week. I got a couple hours to kill. Let's see how this investigation into this fraud like he is going. Thomas Jefferson wine. Like he was so happy. Finally, got bottles from Thomas Jefferson's personal collection. Mm-hmm. Godly amounts of money, and they were fake. So oh like, my gosh! Curious, like. You can you can tell in now that I've seen two interviews with him, like mm-hmm. he is he's he gets heated about it, like about being ripped off at that level. And okay. he's like okay, so he calls his boy. This guy is like a fucking one of these old retired white cops. Okay. But this guy knows everyone. When I say he knows everyone, it's like he fucking he he has unlimited budget, so he gets wax experts, label experts, glass experts, fucking former CIA people. With the former CIA people, now you can track anything. Like, oh, he mentioned this name. Okay, okay, this. Go get it. This is actually not a Absolutely. Oh my god, they can look into anything, and it even it just showed me that these people stay connected forever, and that's how they some of them continue to make money afterwards. Yep. He's just called old coworker. He's like, "Yo, follow up on this number in fucking Indonesia." What can you and do? The for current him? CIA guy who's fucking was probably trained by this retired guy who owes him favors and shit. He's like, yep. "Yeah, man, this is what it is." And no one will ever know. That know? is the, the ultimate family business in the it, intelligence community. I'm sorry, is, everybody knows everybody, and everybody uses everybody. It's everybody amazing. uses everybody, mm-hmm. and that is the type of like when he said he brought in wax experts, cork experts. Like yep. he brought in not just one guy that knows about wine. He brought in every fucking expert to a bottle to get these people, right. and and it was on. And then it was just like, okay, we found the culprit. Now let's start taking away. Let's let's unsolve this mystery and this puzzle. Um, sounds beautiful i would like to watch that if you could uh, pass along the title of that that'll be cool to see i think it is sour grapes and i think it's on sour grapes. i saw it on netflix let me just cool. i'm just gonna take it in yeah sour grapes on netflix it came out in 2016 hour and 26 minutes and uh yeah i watched it it was pretty sweet okay so i will definitely check that out because i'm a something of an enophile that's a wine lover and uh, I know a little bit about it. And I don't know everything about it, but uh, I'm not like a sommelier, not a master sommelier, but I can recommend things and I can provide some notes if pressed. So <laughs> the sommelier that they had in there, like when he talked about the main guy, like the guy that was behind everything, he goes, mm-hmm. "It's his his knowledge of wines is like unheard of. It's like mm-hmm. it's so it's so sick. Like he must have had." thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of wines right to just know what he did and like the standards are ridiculous the standards for that level of education are ridiculous to even get into a program like that you have to exactly like know all that stuff and you have to train for years and years and like know exactly what to tell a customer and to tell a client if you will so it's a, a super exclusive type thing that and i never considered that that level of exclusivity when you know we'll, we'll do like a wine party at our house or something like that and i'll say you know what do you like and they'll be like oh i like you know something a little sweet or dry or you know different you know basic stuff and it doesn't matter if you're serving like a 50 dollar bottle or a five dollar bottle if it's what they like then it's great 
Like it's, it's to them, it's great. And that's, you have to understand that nuance that it's not necessarily a dollar value. It is what the customer or the client expects. Right. So you could, again, like you said, you could wrap something up that has history. The company has history or the previous owner has history. Um, but it may be pretty cheap stuff and it could be worth a lot based upon where it's coming from, but it might still have low quality based upon, you know, the interpreter, I guess. From the next, yeah. It always going to come down to your own taste buds. Like right. whether you're a billionaire or not, you're going to only drink shit that you like. Mm-hmm. A quick funny story is one of my New Jersey friends. Um, he, he was doing a lot of personal training and things like that with some higher end clients. Uh, right. I was lucky enough to get invited to a new year's party from one of his clients, flew him from New York to Miami to his Miami mansion. Like he's a billionaire, this fucking one particular client. And um, one of the things that they did is that they'd like to fuck with my friend. His name is Mo too, actually. Uh, and they're like, hey, Mo, come try these two wines. And one of them was like a cheap bottle of wine, probably mm-hmm. like $5, $5, right? Right. The other one's like a $900 bottle. Okay. And like, Mo was like, you know, he tries them both. And without a doubt, he went for the cheaper one. He's like, this this one tastes like shit. This one tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it, it goes to what you're saying. It really, it's just, it comes down to the person, right? Like, they didn't know the history and all that other shit. They, they kind of did a blind taste test for them, mm-hmm. but I don't think that him even knowing that, he, he would have still gone with, with the authentic one that tasted better. Yeah, it, it, um, and a lot of times the cheaper one does taste better because the other one hasn't been taken care of or it's literally 40 years old and it's not supposed to be drank. <laughs> it's just vinegar. <laughs> So you wonder what it's going to taste like, even though it's been, you know, sitting in a in a cavern in France for forty years. For forty years, yeah. Like some of these wines, I I realized like these people look for them. Like this one guy was looking for a wine for over twenty years. I was like, holy shit! Mm-hmm. And then this one guy's like, I have ten of them. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple back yeah. in the back. Yeah, sure, I got that. Well, um, before we transition away from that, wait, go, really go ahead. quick. No, uh, Gary yeah. V, right? And he's known in the internet world. Um, you know Gary B, right? Gary B. Yeah, would be like Victor. Yeah. Well, short story. He became very, very wealthy. Where his dream now in life is to own the Jets or at least a football team. Most likely, the Jets is what his goal in life. Yeah, he's he's a he's a rich individual. Gary Media he runs, um, but he started out by helping his parents like liquor store transition into selling the wines and him using the internet and videos to to make that business grow right and when it grew so much like wine is where he started from and the tip that he has or or something that always stuck in my mind was he said the best bottle of wines that you can get it doesn't fucking matter in the it doesn't matter about these 30, 40, 50, 60 dollar wines. Mm-hmm. The best wines are always in between 12 and 14 dollars. Like something, okay. I think it was like 12 and 15 bucks. The ones with the That's, ability to last longest and mature properly. I've heard that, I've heard that as well. I don't know if it's true or not, but those that you can lay down, you can put in, you know, a, a moderately temperature controlled area, just like a closet, not, not even like a wine cooler, just a closet for. 20 years and then still be drinkable and actually good. That's the value. That's the price point that you're looking at. And, and I think 
I agree with that. I, I just want to add to that, that he, if I remember correctly, he explained that those wines have a better process and usually better ingredients than the really cheap wines, like five, eight, seven, nine, ten. I don't hate on my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Which, uh, hey, shout out to Aldi has one of the greatest dollar bottle of wines ever. Hell yeah. Uh, so does uh, drink what you like, people. DJ drink Tr- what you like. J Traders or what's it called? Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. I said D yeah, Traders. Two black chat. <laughs> Shout out thing. to Victoria. Future guest Victoria. Oh my god. Get, they do some processes that the really expensive wines do. Yep. But then they don't maybe maybe the bottle's not as nice. Whatever it's the ingredients it's and it's the, the shipping. It's the fact that the bottle is a certain shade of green versus another. Yeah, I mean I get it. There's all kinds of variables and that's why it's such a, a precise business and, and people have so much ability to influence, you know, if they're in that business, they want to say, I want to sell to this market, lots and lots of wine to this market. So it has to be relatively cheap because we have to make a ton of it to make money. Or we have to have all these quality ingredients, like super high quality stuff, you know, grapes that are, you know, from vines that are hundred years old from the old country, all that stuff has to be in this particular kind of glass has to have this much percentage of the bottle covered and labeled. So there's less light can get through, you know, that, that all adds up and that's how they make their decisions with the business. Word. So real quick, speaking not of wine, but of beer, I've got the Florida Avenue brewing company, passion of the Heights. This is a wheat ale that is that also has hibiscus in the brew it's not too sweet it's about four and a half percent it's a very nice hot weather beer and i would recommend it i give an 8.2 wow that's a pretty high score mm-hmm. i'm going with the traditional boom la stella stella i mean stella's you can't go wrong i love it's a stella good, it's a good lager mm. <clears throat> yeah it's in, always... in or outside of the, the uh, chalice that's a, that's a yeah, nice. That's always nice seven point eight, like a high, good tasting, good quality beer. Uh huh. Well, it's a classic. Let me tell you, it is a classic. Anything else that you watched on the on the telly? I'm Great trying to think if there's anything in particular that really sticks out. Um, my girlfriend is finishing up some shows, so I would jump in in there. She was been binge watching The Office. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the whole series? Uh, my wife is the biggest fan of The Office, and she's probably watching it right now are you serious <laughs> she i think she's watched it all the way through a few times yeah oh really yeah you are you a fan like that too or? I, I never used to like it uh and it's certain parts of grown on me that's probably just because i've seen those parts and laughed so many times <laughs> yeah a couple times so that's one show <laughs> that um i never gave the opportunity to but uh, i think i saw the majority of that um movie wise no did you go back to the theater I have not been back to the theater because the theaters in Orlando, at least, have been closed. Uh, and this is within the last two weeks or so that they determined that the Regal movie theater chain um, was so dependent on the big releases, such as not Milan per se, but Marvel and shit. Marvel, yeah, I guess I got all that Marvel money ran out, and they were really dependent on like the new James Bond you know, no time to die. That got pushed back to next year. Uh, Top Gun 2 got pushed back to next year. 
And I'm just like, yeah, there's not going to be a lot coming out uh, that's going to really warrant all that real estate. Because when we did go to the theaters, there's probably like 10 other people in each one. And even though they've got, you know, 25 showings for some movies and four showings for others because they're independent movies, um, there was no way they were going to make any money, even with rights, even with you know access, all that stuff. There was no way. Even if the studios were paying them to take the film with no, like, <laughs> even if the relationship was reversed, they still weren't going to make money off 15 people in a theater. And sometimes, you know, if it's a tiny movie that they made for $1 million, then yeah, they, they could do that, but not if the movie's made for $300 million. So yeah, everything shut down for now. And uh, like I said, I mean, uh, that's one of those programs where you pay like, especially with Regal, you could pay like 20 bucks a month and they'll let you see all the movies you want. So they, you know, if you can't go to the theater, then they're going to suspend your, not suspend your account, but they're going to, you know, not make you pay your bill for the extent of the time that they're closed. So as soon as they opened back up, Nicole and I went back and saw a few movies and that was all we could do before they shut it back down again. You saw some good ones too. We talked about. Yeah. 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 This is pretty good. Um, We saw Crazy Rich Asians because they re-released that one. That was one of like the (laughs) 30 or 40 movies that they brought out. I thought it was funny. It was a good movie. It was was heartfelt. It was a good romantic comedy. I didn't know anything about it walking into it and I liked it. So check that out. Shout out to the Asians. Uh, I saw... You got um, a lot of heat for that, the the main actress. Yeah? Yeah, because she's a little uh, C-wordy. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> because I thought she was a delight in the film. <laughs> she's a delight. She was a delight in the Orlando Bay show, Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, yeah? yeah that's an Orlando show? I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's why she got in trouble, is because she was like bitching about that work. Mm-hmm. People are like, yo, why are you bitching about fucking playing make-believe? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, you gotta realize what you have. Well, I think that same thing could be said about anybody who has the wrong attitude, I guess. And I, I didn't I didn't really see much uh, of note this past week or so, but I am reading a couple of books. So we talked a little bit about off the air um, in an aside after the last show about Mark Manson and he's this blogger who got really popular off of his interpretation of like self-help and he's got two books out now I, I think there may be more but these are the two that I've been reading I just finished um, Everything is Fucked which is a book about hope which is really really good I liked it a lot and I'll tell you why in a minute and I'm in the middle of the subtle art of not giving a fuck so obviously he has an angle, he's got a shtick, and it'll burn out soon unless he gets creative, but um, he's a blogger, like I said, and he tries to tell it like it is. So there's a couple things like, you know, you, you'll never actually be satisfied. So if you're just trying to think, you're trying to equate like happiness and satisfaction as the same thing, that's never going to happen because you're never going to have enough. You're never going to have enough to make you happy. So just look at look at all the things in your life and uses a great analogy like um when life gives you lemons maybe you should just you know deal with the lemons and not try to do anything else just like like that's like shit happens like deal with it you know (laughs) it's it's a it's a really interesting like amateur psychological um i wouldn't say like psychoanalysis of our generation but it gives me a little bit more um comfort I guess you could say um, it's not a self-help series 
but if you look at things from that perspective, like there are things you can change or things you can do for yourself and your family, your loved ones, et cetera. Um, that's, it's good, but there are things that are just going to happen and you either have to be strong or you have to be, you know, malleable and pliable to what that impact is going to do you, or you're going to either get depressed or, you know, or worse. So I would recommend those books by Mark Manson. Shout out to Mark Manson. I've seen, I've heard of him. I've heard him talk before. I'm trying to, I couldn't recall just now where, where I might've heard him talk. Um, but I've definitely seen uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, That's I've right. seen that and I've heard about it. I heard it was actually a good read um, before you actually brought it up. So that is something that I may, may need to look at as well. I'm still reading um, a Russell Simmons book. Russell second, Simmons? Yeah. When What's he, it called? Before he, before he got called out for being rapey. It is uh, Super Rich, I think. Super Rich? Yeah, which he, it, it's weird why he named it that way, blah, blah, blah. I only picked it up because um, I saw him speaking at Google. Right, and, right. And after that, I was like, all right, like, I kind of, I see what you're trying to do and what you're trying to present. And he was a big proponent of schools uh, adapting a, they can't call it meditation because like that bugs parents out especially religious people mm -hmm. so it has to be like quiet time but like the school that have implemented it like everything just got better like from school okay. to like finally well, went down i mean to, if that's if that's clear and it's statistically proven then i think try it out right and let's of course look at the method look at how it's being pushed to kids or students of any age but it, yeah, one example. In one example, like the school, I think it was in DC that he went to. Uh, they get like an hour of it, but to not force the kids to like, you know, to, like you said, it has to. It has to be a certain structure. Mm -hmm. um, the kids is allowed to read, just sit there quietly, meditate, do whatever they need to do, but it's it's a quiet time. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a it's a time to. I don't know. It's almost like a re-energize. I've always believed You can take a nap if you want to. Come on, Correct. Kids. Just just do something on your own that has nothing to do with learning in particular or like interaction with anybody. Just you do you for an hour a day and let's yeah. see what that does for your ability. And all the scores went up, I think, if mm -hmm. I remember correctly, like scores and like testing, um, less fights, like the kids seemed happier. Mm -hmm. Um I personally have done meditation for many years, probably more than 10 years. And I, I believe in it. Um, there's people that I realize whose brains just can't do the meditation part, but they know that there are many benefits to it. So these high level people, such as like the guy that fucking, Bobby Fisher's based off and other things like right. they do breathing exercises, even though they know they don't have the capability of standing still meditating and doing all that. They looked at the science of what you're doing when you're meditating. And then they just do it with a timing basis of breathing, of breathing. So they kind of, they hacked it that way. They don't have to do all the fucking. Like, they don't have self. to do the work. 
<laughs> yeah, something you don't have to do the work because you still have to do work, but you don't have to like fight yourself to do the work. Okay. Because the way that their brains work, it's almost like a robot. So they're like, all right, we're going to do breathing exercise for 15 minutes, go. And then with, they get into the same place that someone who is praying deeply or is mm -hmm. meditating deeply get to. Just and, and they can track things. Yeah, they can track things that are very quantifiable, such as like blood pressure and brain waves. And, mm -hmm. and it's all equal. Some people get it from prayer. Some people yep. get it from meditation. Some people get it from like sitting and staring at a blank piece of paper. And some people get it from being very active as well. But that's like, you know, the happy place. You know, some, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, wow, this is wild. I'm like really, really enjoying like driving my car. Like, wow, just like coming out of a corner. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's something that gives me a rush or like, like snow skiing, or it could be the same feeling as like, hugging your daughter or like something like that. And, and, you know, different people have different ways of achieving that, but. Uh, you know what that is? It's that's endorphins. Being, yeah. Yeah. And that's being present. You taking the corner, you in the skiing, you hugging your daughter, all those yeah. things are you being present where unfortunately we live in a time where our minds wander so much to think about what's going to happen tomorrow, what happened before. And, your mind being in all those places at once um it's it's not the best for it like i we can do that we're humans and we can do a lot of crazy shit doesn't mean it's all good for us but those moments that are just like what you were just describing because you were present your mind yep. wasn't anywhere else yep, you were taking that. that corner you were fucking hitting the snow and you were what humans should be is being a hundred percent present and enjoying and and experiencing life um, a lot of things out of our control, unfortunately, create distractions. Distractions. Distractions from and, and a lot of things yeah. that keep us out of staying in the present. Whether it's worrying about uh, a job, bills, fucking family members, like meaning like health wise, it could be mm -hmm. relationships. It could be just even sports, even things like that. Like thinking about what's going to win, what's going to happen. Oh, right. It always takes you out of the present, but those moments that you can recall the most and it makes you what might be the word happy or whatever that, that feeling is, yeah. um, it's because you were there 100%. You were 100% you were present. And I think that's something that um, I wish they did teach more. Maybe that is the key is some sort of quiet time meditation, things that mm -hmm. future generations can have more in their lives because yeah. there's a greater to, feeling than that. To key into that focus. You know, and it's not necessarily even ranking the things that you're doing in your life or like making things more important or less important. It's just, can you tell the difference between when you're really engaged and when you're not? That's it. That's it for me. Like I'm not thinking about anything else. And in that moment, that's when I'm, I'm keyed in, right? Because there's that many other seconds or moments during the day that I'm, I'm not I'm thinking about I'm thinking about 10 things at once and none of them is getting the level of uh care that it needs but in those moments that's you know that's what really does matter or that's when I'm really focused yeah and and I think that humans should just live in those moments more yeah I don't know if that's some hippie shit but let's I'm, write a book I'm, dude I think that's a <laughs> that's a great start 
Yeah, so that's kind of like what Super Rich is about in the beginning. I just stopped at the place where he's about to teach people that have never meditated how to meditate. So I'm just going to look over those and see if there's any new hints. Either way, I mean, whether you call it meditation or prayer or focus or anything like that, I think as long as you you're able to center yourself and you know put yourself in that that frame of mind where you know that that's what you're supposed to be doing and you can block out all the other types of thoughts or feelings, then you'll eventually get to where you're going or want to go. And that's, that's a really cool thing to do to be in control of your own, you know, thought process. And he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to settle down and I'm going to focus and I'm going to, I'm going to pray or I'm going to meditate. And if you can get there, then there's got to be some kind of a positive message there. There's got to be some kind of a positive output. However you do it, just do that you know, and get to that place so you can get out of the other side and be like, all right, I'm good. Exactly. Uh, yeah. and, and one, one thing that I've also have learned throughout my years is um, there is a way to channel that type of presence and that type of feeling that you have of what we were just discussing, but also doing it in your work or in your passions, mm-hmm. meaning that like, when great artists draw or paint a great painting, put out a great track or record, um, a business idea gets taken from an idea to production to, to, to everything. It's like these people channeled an ability to make themselves perform at the highest level possible. And I think that's like what separates greatness from average people to like super great. Um, it's people that channel these things. And, right. and I don't it's, want to go to like religion. No, or, no, it's not like a level of productivity. It's not like something that, you know, quantity over quality. It's just, they got there, you know, it's not like they were doing drugs and staying up all night, you know, taking Adderall and just writing, writing, writing scripts and just seeing what stuck. It was, they truly got to where they were going normally because they focused and applied themselves creatively and, they came up with something that's that was you know genuine and authentic and it resonated with people and that's something that every artist or a creator has to do if they're going to be successful and sometimes they can't get back to that feeling that's true that's true works like so i guess life lesson is um try to incorporate more moments of being in the present whether it's like trevor said if you're someone that enjoys driving which i love and i totally understood that that really stuck to me. That really hit me because I was like, yeah, man. When that first pedal shifters, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was also my first automatic ever, but it was just like, I'd never forget those feelings of like, oh, highway mode. Yep. And just, yep. Mm, it was like a real life video game. <laughs> I, do, I do like the fact that if I pick my daughter up, she's like, can you go fast now, daddy? I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. But enough about personal stuff. We have a few headlines to address. It's been a really big week. It's our week today, number 29. Your boy, Rick Wilson of the Lincoln Project. What did he do? 60 Minutes and said something like, I disagree with Bernie Sanders a lot, but he isn't un-American. You know who is un-American? Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and Marco Rubio. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild, right? <laughs> you have a take on that? You got something? 
Rick Wilson. Because that's just, that. I know you love Rick Wilson, and I wanted to make sure that I addressed it because I didn't want to go back to a, you know, a show later on. I didn't want to get to episode 30 without addressing this particular week's Rick Wilson thing. <laughs> You're already like, I'm getting a headache right now. First of all, the <laughs> thing is the biggest money scam ever. Now they have ads where they like beg for money. Which I'd give them props. It's like you're making money and free, free money, free money. I have is like a small team of video editors, and I think it's actually smart of what you guys are doing. That being said, it's like this guy who was useless in his realm of political. Like no one was hiring Rick Wilson for anything, but I give him credit for making himself back in the game like he, yep. he forced himself back in the game by teaming up with some other weirdos i'm uh, relevant i promise the, the fun fact about rick <laughs> wilson is that like it's crazy how many people on the left and these marxist and leftist people were like not all of them though some of them do get mad and recall that rick wilson's a piece of shit because they'll pull up some old fucking he was yeah. super light wing they'll never forget like yeah, he's super he lightweight. He had like a whole bunch of like Muslim shit and like crazy oh, yeah. shit. He's, he's not a tolerant person. He's right? not. And he never, like he was, I didn't like him back then. I didn't like him now. I've never liked the guy. I heard he smelled like onions if you like did, did like. <laughs> I, guess, press I guess Pete Strzok likes onions. What can I say? I, I guess. Um, but the funny thing proven 100% is that what leaked as soon as he was starting to make a comeback, but it didn't stick in my opinion. It should have is this Lincoln Project guy fucking his home videos and pictures start coming out and there's one on with him on his boat with like girls and shit and right, like I think one of them's wearing a confederate fucking bikini I wouldn't be surprised at that and no. on the boat there's a cooler like with beers or whatever the fuck's it also in there. has a sticker like, big oh, it has it but it says the south will rise again <laughs> it's, it's like been a friend's boat but usually you don't associate with people Regardless, like this. This is the person that this like is the people, these are, this is the anti-Trump guy. Yeah. The <laughs> anti-racist. Like, oh, anti let's, let's follow exactly. the guy that says the South will rise again is appropriate to have on a boat party and getting pictures taken. And this is before he got popular again. This is before he got famous for Lincoln project. Yeah. This is before he got famous for Lincoln Project, but when Lincoln Project was coming out, people were releasing the photos. Like, Watching it. Fucking ass. Keep it out of the rug. What a he joke. Fucking cloud. And, and then, then Cernovich uh, exposed that one of the other main guys, I don't know his name, is actually registered in Washington, D.C. legally as, um, I don't want to say a Russian agent, but someone that... Um, it's like a lobbyist for a foreign lobbyist yeah. for Russians. Yeah. So it was hilarious. It's like, oh, the the anti-Trump people. He's actually doing work. Actually, yeah, they, they <laughs> He's work actually the doing disinformation for a fucking foreign country. <laughs> Russians. It's like, what the fuck? And then they had Kellyanne's husband, right, who she worked for the White House, and right. they both had to leave because of their fucking emotional daughter. Teenager. That was easy to get information from, though. That was a good line. I can't imagine a better way to play both sides to have a Republican lawyer on the outside who is anti-Trump in every way, and then a relatively unskilled PR person on the inside. And 
an idiot, <laughs> a, a useless child in the middle <laughs> trying to drum up controversy. And you've got this, this totally dysfunctional family, but all of them have their handlers and they're all making money. <laughs> yeah. You, you may I never know, see them again. Home. You may never see them again after the, uh, the Trump administration ends. They're just going to ride off into the sunset with their millions and you'll, they'll be a happy family <laughs> again. <laughs> Maybe. I, I'm shocked that they stayed together this whole time. Um, my last thing I was going to say is that that guy had, he left the Lincoln Project allegedly, but he was probably the biggest known person in the group when he was uh-huh. there, in my opinion. And what I always found hilarious is that the guy tried to get a job for the Trump White House and he was denied, but his wife was hired. So it's like, mm-hmm. are you just upset that what of what happened of the of the of what happened? You like actually tried to work for the administration. That'll be good, I think, to do some research on that that guy and his family situation and employment situation. Let's talk about that in the next show. I think that'll be fun yeah, to, for sure. to dig into. Um, so oh, we got to talk about the the big New York Post bombshell last week. Um, that's pretty much everything that's going on right now is a a ripple effect from that is of the ripple effect from that homemade coke porn the the latest revelation saying hunters with his niece and she might be wearing clothes or not i don't know it might be him may not be um is it going to change any minds that's kind of where what i really want to cut to is is it going to change any minds um i think that the attempt to censor the story will change minds more than the content of the story itself sure but you can't vote about you can't vote against facebook twitter and google though you can vote against who they hate or for who they hate okay fair enough but stop using those those no you don't but you're also going to tell them go fuck themselves that it didn't work and you're going to go vote for the person that they're trying to protect or against the person they're trying to protect which in this case it's obviously biden like it was literally like a PR wall tried to get built around the story and the accounts were getting suspended on social media. And like what, like that one Senator said, winter is coming. Like you yeah. fucks, you I guys, like even it's worth it. It's worth this story coming out and you guys acting the way you did because winter is coming. I don't really I understand what that means though, because they're not going to be able to unilaterally shut down one or more of those groups. It's they're not even going to be able to, I know they're going to be able to say, all right, you can't talk about this or you can't carry on this kind of relationship with a lobbyist group or a political group or a charity because of connections that they have or things that they might want you to say or allowed to be said on your platform. And I think it just goes right back to, you know, talking about section 230, like, are you a publisher or are you just a platform that mediates? And the second you stop letting individuals say one thing and then other individuals can say another thing that's politically different, that's when you become a moderator. That's when you are essentially changing your relationship with public, right? And that's what that whole thing is about. So if they go back to that specific thing and they say, you have to be like end all be all, every, anything that's get, that gets posted to your site, whether it's hate speech or not, has to stay 
or you can make the decision of being, okay, I'm an employee basically saying I have to moderate everything. You can't put that up there. You can't put that up there, no matter what political aisle or what side of the political aisle it's on, it's from. So that'll be really interesting to see what they end up doing, but I don't see how they're going to successfully regulate that. How they regulate it is you hit them where it hurts and it's going to be lawsuits and money. Like if you turn them into a publisher, um, it's going to be crazy for the amount of people that use these platforms for them to have enough public or, or uh, editors to streamline all the content that's being placed. It's like, they're going to, it's going to be a whole different platform. Yeah. It'll be, it'll really be Sandman or Sandman times a thousand. There's not enough money to cover that many lawsuits. Correct. And that's what, that's what basically is going to happen because you really these companies you really think that is the aisle or that's the that's what i would push for that's, that's if what I'm, if I'm on the side that's being fucking non-stopped attacked censored shadow banned um just just a lot of abuse i would and it's a good word because right. you're you're abusing your 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 fellow um participants in the site and a lot of people are like, it's a free site. You don't have to use it. Go build your own. Go use a different one. Like, that doesn't work like that, man. Like, just because a business owner maybe doesn't want to serve a black person or a Spanish person, like, that doesn't make it right. And that's kind of like what I always respond to fucking idiots. They're like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a private business or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it, it doesn't matter. It's like, you're, you can't choose to make one group of people the enemy on your platform right like you can't. okay so let's use the example you just provided just mm -hmm. hear me out yeah, of course. <laughs> so you sell um you sell colombian food that your mother makes you're at the storefront and a group of hooded white men <laughs> come in to your to your store and you're like um can I help you? <laughs> I don't know what you would say, <laughs> but if they're paying customers and they're not, you know, directly threatening your life, you'd still serve them, et cetera. Yeah. Fuck it. They're fucking just customers. I don't give a fuck what you're wearing, dude. There's, there's men in dresses, you know what I'm saying? And that's normal in 2020. Okay. That's a different story. Oh, I mean, it, it, when, Orlando, my, that's going to happen when, anyway. <laughs> but that's my point is that like, there's, there's all types of kinks out there. There's all types of genders. There's all types of everything out there. It's not for me to judge. It's me to judge your actions and your actions that you're trying to buy fucking food. I'm going to sell you food, right? The actions, I, just to, because we were going way off. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that there will be no retaliation. Right. And oh, yeah, you can't it's say almost it. like it, it's in my opinion, they should have happened already. They should have already happened. I just, there's, I just think they're so intertwined also with our intelligence agencies I don't think that it's as black and white as them being private. I think that they already have these back doors to our intelligence agencies, obviously for security reasons. Um, I think there's a lot of behind the doors, behind the curtains, mm -hmm. uh, battles also going on that we don't see with the, with the social platforms, like, for, like a Facebook. Yeah, I don't, I, I buy some of the story from the Facebook movie, which I love that movie. I thought it was a great movie. 
Oh, social um, network is great. Social it's network. Awesome I've seen it probably over five times. I really enjoy that movie. Absolutely. But I don't a hundred percent believe that that's how Facebook was created. I mean, there's just it's a lot of evidence. version. It's a sensationalized account of the actual events. There are, and there's you, if you leave out the intelligence agencies, then you're leaving out a lot because they were highly involved in that. And that's just so, something that's not like public. It's like... Yeah. And, and you're never going to get the whole story until the people that are in charge of those companies start to write their own stories. Right, and they, they may never not... They may never do that. Um, so I don't know. But, but back to the back to the Hunter Biden thing. Yeah, do you um, think that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is going to turn state's evidence on Hunter Biden? Do you think that there's a, I think <laughs> that's going to happen? Maybe she I, turned it in. Maybe it was her. <laughs> maybe. Like the story is, is that it was his real signature. So he might have been like so fucked up or someone took advantage of him so fucked up that they made him go in there, turn the laptop, maybe. sign it. And he doesn't today. shit. I read today on, on multiple accounts that uh, his lawyer tried to contact the the computer store to get the laptop yeah, back. There's the paper trail. Yeah. Yeah. So just that there's no, and, and, then, and, and also there's the, every single news outlet saying there's, there's no way that uh, or there's no indication that anybody from that side, anybody from the Biden camp tried to deny anything on the laptop. They just said, well, you know, it's, it's disinformation. But anything in particular was not true (laughs) or not not him (laughs) what also bothers me is these coordinated articles like immediately all the coordinated media companies were like oh these are the russians it's gotta be the russians and then all of a sudden the the main fucking intelligence officer is like it has absolutely nothing to do with the russians (laughs) like we looked into this the russians are not involved in this whatsoever and it's like oh so why the fuck did like 12 organ like yahoo fucking the hill everybody's like the russians the russians the russians the russians yeah, man. yeah that's what i don't like because that is to me more dangerous than an out of control president to be honest out of control president we can take care of right as as a society but for the people that we trust on who are just supposed to report people that are tired from work people that had a long day and just want to just get some information. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be battling you guys. You guys are supposed to be there just to provide us information so we can make better decisions. But instead, you guys are like fucking activists. I may not believe in the activism you're fighting for. You may be a fucking R word, in my opinion. Like, I hate that. And and that to me might be one of the main reasons that Trump might win this election. It's the hatred towards all the people that go after him no it's 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 the position of responsibility that they're not acknowledging the responsibility of you know journalistic integrity and you know saying exactly what happened like like truthful reporting basically just provide the fucking facts if if all you did was that if all you did was that and you gave both sides uh the same amount of i don't know i don't know what you call it coverage criticism um or, or if they were just antagonistic to both sides as much as they were to one in this case. And I think that would probably be okay. If the press was consistently anti-government, that would probably bring out a lot of stuff that nobody really knew, you know? I would be okay with that, but that's not <laughs> who they are. They, they, they completely always now agree with former neoconservative fucking war hawks. 
they always yeah, that's agree true. With, like, like sell the story so we can have another war. Yeah, it's it's not it's I I just don't understand how I don't know. And some of them are elite, like a lot of these journalists that make it to these papers mm-hmm. are like not Jeff from poor Tuvin. families. They come from fucking for who'd you say? Jeff Tubin. I couldn't get away from the show without saying that. <laughs> yeah, fucking weirdo jerking off and what gets are you caught. with women on a conference call. <laughs> he was already a scumbag. I already I I, I remember calling him out years ago. He was a scumbag. You knew he was a shithead. He and was a scumbag because he has that impregnated position. his co-worker's daughter. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking he's a horny fucking weasel. Weasel fucking scumbag. Like don't trust these people. I mean, I'd say one in ten. One in ten journalists is somebody that you could say, Yep, that guy's either telling me the truth or that person, that woman is in it to tell the story as it is, as they heard it from somebody's, you know, direct uh, input. But otherwise, it's all <laughs> just so much conjecture. You read so much, oh. and it doesn't matter. Like the newspapers are dead. It's all opinion. It's all opinion. Yeah, and and you get billionaires who who you think they're doing a good job. They're like, oh, they're buying a newspaper. What they're doing is creating like PR coverage. Mm-hmm. And, and protection me- mechanisms and attack mechanisms. Um, a lot of people think that Bill Gates does that too, with like just the amount of money he gives into certain groups that can no longer talk bad about him. What are the first Whether- two initials of MSNBC? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how you can make the truth? Own it. Own it. The truth can exactly. be adjusted. And I'm not saying he's doing evil shit or anything like that, but like I'm just talking about like Bezos, the Carlos Slim or whatever that owns oh, the yeah. fucking New York Times. Like you're basically buying co- coverage so that your business is left out, but you can attack enemies, you can take money to attack people, you can protect people that you like. Like we just need good old fashioned, and that maybe it never existed, but I get, it did though. There used to be a law. I've talked about this before up to like the 90s, the 1990s, mm-hmm. where a news organization always had to present both sides to an argument or both sides to an issue. Well, that's just more work though. And not as much Bring money. Back. Who gives a fuck? Bring it back. <laughs> that would sell right now. Like if, if someone was honestly given that type of news, I think it would be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be attacked. It would be attacked by all these other places. They'd be, oh my God, these people, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. I I get tired of the news because it's so much deciphering when it should. In a couple be. of weeks, man, you're going to be able to unplug. I think we should take a little break uh, at that time after the election and just say, you know what? Let's just you know read it if you want to, but let's just unplug for a minute and just relax and reset, and then we can get back into a new season. That's the way I think we should approach the next couple of weeks. <laughs> but until then, we got to keep going. We got to do at least a show yeah. until the election. Uh, and then see what happens. Definitely. We've got uh, just a couple more minutes here, folks. Any questions? No. <laughs> questions from the audience? If you take you live streaming. Mm-hmm. But you can, if you go to, uh, when we tweet out our new episodes, you can click on that link, not just to uh, listen to the content, but you can go and you can leave us a voice message. You can click on a button on the anchor site that says uh, leave the, the show uh, a, a voice message and you can identify yourself however you'd like. I'm not really sure how it works, 
But um, do that and let us know your feedback because we will, if you want to, we will play your message or your question on the show and then we'll respond to it in real time and, and we can keep the conversation going. So uh, I would encourage you to do that. Oh, just uh, another possible guess is um, he is an interesting guy. His name is Carlos Gill and he shouted out on Twitter that he might want to do the podcast. That's right. So Seems like he's a uh, legitimate yeah, no, for real. Like I followed this guy's career when he started at Win Dixie. Mm-hmm. He got let go. He was unemployed, and he just started making videos on YouTube. And then I tell you what, go ahead and go ahead. Yeah, reach out to him uh, this week and see what he's willing to do next week. Next week, and yeah. we'll see what we can do because it's going to have to be a you know uh, a Zoom type thing with him. I'm sure, unless he's in Orlando. He's some, yeah. He has. He's a Florida boy, I think, um, and I think he is. I forgot what Spanish culture he is. Mm-hmm. I think he might be living in California right now, but okay. he's got an interesting story, and I think our fans would enjoy it. And uh, now that COVID hit, he pivot pivoted, and uh, he's doing. I think it's called Outlaw Masks, so he has like a mask yeah. company. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting just to see, um, just to talk to him about his history and uh, that that pivot. And how you don't stop the grind and you keep going. Not at all. And I, I don't think we expect to do that either. You got to keep, keep rolling. Yes, sir. Right, man. Anything else from you tonight? Um, no, the, the only thing that broke right before we went on is that I guess these emails went out being very threatening and they were like from the proud boys. From whom? The, so the proud boys out. also known as Iran. Yeah. It was a fucking shout I out to the the Ayatollah got on his laptop and he was sending out prank emails. Um, that was about it because I saw it earlier and I'm becoming decent at like certain profiles and, and the, uh, what's it called? The outline that they have for me. I can tell if a news story is either bullshit and, and how you can tell that is because multiple, multiple, multiple publications will just keep printing out the same headline maybe just word it a little bit differently. Right. They put it into, put it into a machine and it spits there's, out a legally safe interpretation of what you put in. There was no journalism. Not plagiarism. <laughs> there's no journalism there. And like, that's what's like, oh, you're pushing an agenda. Mm-hmm. Like the Proud Boys, Proud Boys, Proud Boys did this, did this, did this. I'm like, okay. They're not sophisticated stuff. enough to do that. I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think they are. <laughs> but they... The creator of that group created it as a joke, literally, on his like podcast network when he was working with like Anthony Cumia, because he would always be like, because I think like one of his staff members got laid. He's like, I'm proud of you, boy. I'm proud of you. (laughs) And it started. started. It started from like a literally like a joke like that to okay look into that being, i'm going to talk then, about that in the next show <laughs> yeah it's being then becoming like a drinking group of just men and mm-hmm. they're just like they have no filter they just talk shit and then it became um like to join they would do some shit where you have to say your favorite cereal as they right. punch you you gotta name five cereals um and it was and 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 gavin mcginnis was the one that created this who is the co-creator of vice <laughs> yeah so Which either is, is incredibly smart or incredibly stupid or incredibly ironic. It's he's he is a character, and and that's all I'm going to say about him because he's very controversial. But I I've enjoyed him on Rogan. He's been on there twice. Uh, I respect 
what Vice used to be, which is when he was a part of it. Mm -hmm. Vice was the shit. When Vice was doing crazy shit, like it was good. I remember how good good. it was. It was really good. Um, But then it changed once they started showing up for speakers who kept getting shut down by Antifa. Okay. And that is when everything became controversial because now they were attacked. Like they're protecting a Jewish speaker, like a Ben Shapiro Mm -hmm. or a speaker like Milo and against like people that just do not want them to exist, do not want them to have the right to speak their mind. And that's when they started running out of money. It's insane. Which is insane, people. Censorship is never the right answer. Just not good business, guys. Better ideas. It's just not good business. No, You're not, not going to be able to get anything from that. It's not going to help you in your your uh, your daily interactions with people. It's not going to. And you know what? If you want to censor anybody, censor yourself. If you don't feel like you should say something, don't say it. That's fine. But if you're going to try to shut somebody else down for saying something that they want to say, that's not going to work. It's never going to be a, a, a bedrock, you know, foundational thing in the country. You can't never. do that. Like, <laughs> not in this country. You, you, and, you can't say, you can't say that. It's just different They're going to say it anyway. Speak. They're going to go on something else. That's why if you look at, um, just to use an example, Quibi, Quibi's, you know, shutting down that shitty 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 uh (laughs) short form narrative you know (laughs) that's going away because the product was not good and what they tried to do is put something that was not worth putting on any kind of format that no one was going to watch they tried to give somebody that level of uh interaction in a short form and you're not going to watch a movie in five parts on your phone it's just not going to happen so if you look back and you think okay what were those movies about were they interesting were they good like is is any of that good nbc said no nbc was going to buy that whole company and all of its content and they said no the content sucks (laughs) i'm gonna do it (laughs) so think of it that way guys if you're going to create something if you're going to go out and say this is something worth saying make sure it's worth it like if you're going to put it out there and it's going to represent you like we do on this show, you know, opinions are opinions. And we try to back them up as much as we can with facts before we even talk about the subject. But if you're going to do something like like that, that's going to be a major undertaking. Or if you work for a news organization or something like that, where you're accountable for the facts that you're the facts that you're bringing to the table, do a good job with your homework, make sure it's right before you put it out there or you're going to fail. Yeah, pretty much. And if just a side note for I've heard it wasn't my original idea, but like when someone's telling you a story or something and you want the short version, you'd be like, just just give me the quibby of it. I just need the quibby. <laughs> no <laughs> one's going to know what that is in a month. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that alive though. The just, Cliff's just, Notes version. Yeah, quibby. Yeah. <laughs> give me the quibby. Yeah, just give me the quibby. Quibby is. <laughs> just, is the quibby. <laughs> I heard that shit. I, I swear to God, I'm going to bring, I'm going to haunt you with that since it's the, Please the, the tis the season. Shout out to him. Quibby. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yo, give me, he's like, just give me a Quibi. Hey, just wrap it up, B. Oh, that they were doing, that they were doing uh, Quibi ideas, like just <laughs> crazy movies, and then like Quibi. They were not doing Quibi. It's like, mom comes home, son is hanging with my hook from this and that. And then, 
and then uh, there's oatmeal on the floor. Quibby. <laughs> Go to commercial. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm riding the subway, watching a commercial for oatmeal <laughs> because yeah. there's oatmeal on the floor. Seriously, like, fuck you, Quibby. <laughs> All right, so I think that's it for our week today. This is episode 29. You know where to find us, everybody, on uh, Instagram. Last Google, us. Google us. You might find us on Google, but we might be canceled by then. It's no, always, always a question. Uh, tweet at us at our week today. And uh, at one billion, and at Trev underscore Jordan. You know where we are. Hit us up. We love you. Stay safe. Stay woke. Stay woke, bitches. We and are. watch the debates this week, so we can uh, just have a little chit chat about the last debate, which should be hilarious with the mute button. It should be, but it's probably going to be disaster. The first one was a disaster. It was painful. I really enjoyed the ones in 2016. All of them. Uh, did this last one was not good. I'll get it all. Good night and good luck.